Greetings from the Simon Schmidt podcast. So today I'm with 4-5 CBD owner, Dominic, and um, thanks for your time, buddy. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So I'm going to introduce Dominic. I've done some research on the, on the big guy. He went to Pembroke. Um, he is a number eight and a lock. I think more lock now, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Lenethany, 68 caps, Scarlet, 92 caps. Your career started in the academy at Scarlet's. Bath, 110 caps. And then, Dominic, I see a slight decline in rugby <laughs> uh, with Toyota, uh, Verblitz, 9, and the Melbourne Rebels, 6. Were you, were you injured in that time? Yeah, so that was... Um... That's, so that's four years ago now. So it's post World Cup, the last World Cup. So um, had like a big, a big training camp leading up to World Cup yeah. in Wales. Uh, went to the World Cup and then straight into a season of Bath, and then straight to Japan, no break, and then straight down to uh, Melbourne. Melbourne, no break, and then back to Saracens, and I was injured. Yeah, was, <laughs> my body was struggling. Then we've got, you've been at Saracens for two years. Yeah. You've just ended, you're ending off with Saracens. Wales in a 19, Wales in a 21, three caps for, for uh, Wales. And then discus. <laughs> so, <laughs> you I've gone deep, dog. I've gone deep. Tell me about the discus career. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was an age group uh, uh, Welsh international discus thrower. Yeah, yeah, my dad, my dad threw for Wales, so it was, I always okay. enjoyed athletics. Athletics was great. I used to love going to the meetings and brilliant and uh, getting involved. But uh, yeah, that was a while ago. Was a and while now, ago. San Diego, you're leaving at the end of the year with your uh, wife Nadia, Irish. I've been told, yes. love the Irish, and uh, you've got a young baby. Yes, a what? daughter, young daughter called Wyatt. Nice. Yes. And tell me why the move to America. Um, you know, I've always loved the States, I've always loved California. Uh, it's a standard 20 degrees all year round. So, well, well, the winters are 20 degrees and, <laughs> yeah. and it pushes up from there. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, the winters do get tough here in, in mm. England sometimes. So, Very. Yeah, so I thought it was a nice, uh, a nice way to maybe finish things off and, uh, and also help out in, uh, in a league where it's very new. It's already only into their third season. So, uh, you know, help out and maybe give some experience. I see there are f- quite a few English players that have gone there. That uh, the fullback from uh, Northampton. Yes, uh, Ben Foden's He's there. there. Um, so there's obviously you know guys that are towards the end of their career uh, are moving there. But you know, you say you. I mean, you you're young, Dom. I mean, yeah. like, you... <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm rugby old. Rugby old. Yeah, yeah. So tell me. So tell me about your career up till now and the struggles you've had with your injuries and how you've managed those injuries because I mean if you look at your stats there's a lot of rugby here yeah there's yeah, a huge yeah. amount of rugby here you know yeah. so I, I've never really struggled massively I've, I've had little niggles here and there um, you know tendonitis is always a big one in my knees but I've always managed to to sort of cope with that throughout throughout my whole career and then um, when I got to uh, 29 um, I was playing in the um, in the Premiership final for Bath against Saracens, yeah. uh, and I took a big shot to the shoulder um, from Berger, the Zimbabwean back row. Uh, yes, um, I know you took Jacques Berger. Jacques Berger, yeah, yes. with the curly hair. Yes, 
So, uh, <laughs> who played a Terrasson? Yeah, so he was yeah. at Saracens, so he was playing, and uh, I took a big shot from him and uh, had like a slap tear on my shoulder and sort of tore my labrum. And uh, I didn't want to say anything because I'd just been picked in the World Cup for Wales, so I was just like, oh no, like, I'm keeping this under wraps and not saying anything. So sort of that's really where my injury Were they aware of the injury? Um, I, d- I never told them properly, no. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm just going to dig in here because it was my one chance. Like, yeah. I'd gone through I'd gone through sort of 10 years of rugby and never had a s- sniff of playing for Wales. And then at 29, I got called up into the World Cup camps. Um, and then, you know, I ended, up, I ended up getting capped and going to the World Cup. So... It was it was the best decision, so I paid. You stuck to that, quiet, yeah, yeah, just sort of digging in, really, and then um, I guess it was a bit of a downward spiral from there. Uh, like like we mentioned just now, went to Japan and and Melbourne. Didn't have any sort of off season to speak of. It was mm. just straight into pre seasons and playing games. Pre season playing game. That's uh, the risk we. That's the risk you run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, you know, from there, my sort of my knees started getting bad, a lot of cartilage wear and and uh, a lot of swelling, and that was really so. I've had two ups on my knee now. I got my shoulder fixed eventually, so I got my shoulder fixed. My ankle done, um, a couple of concussions. I think. Yeah. So you old in rugby years? Some old Not on paper. Years, yeah. <laughs> so I so I came about your product. Uh, you know, I've been using CBD for couple of years now and i've referred it to all my clients especially the extreme extreme enduro athletes and the rally drivers that i look after and, and rally bikers because it's the only thing someone uh, you know i've had a knee replacement it's the only thing that just keeps the inflammation down i mean there's huge other benefits anxiety sleep mm. you know all that kind of the mental side of it but from an inflammation point yeah. of view I haven't tried anything that is as good as, except for, I don't know if you, you guys have in the UK, we had these anti-inflammatories when I played rugby called Viox, okay. uh, which were like three times the strength of cataflams, but they got banned because people were <laughs> having heart attacks. But, but the CBD, it's really, and it's become like a massive, massive thing. And when, mm. I, when I was using it and recommending to clients, it wasn't, you know, people didn't know about it, you know, and now it's just all of a sudden exploded. So... Number one, I love this. You know, people love stories, and I love a story. It's it's you and your. You know, I'm assuming is a very good mate of yours, George, who's off to the World Cup for England. It's both of you, four and five. You know, lock pairings started this business. It's quite interesting. Like two forwards, rugby forwards, have got a CBD business. I just find the whole thing really interesting and, and great. You know, because it's. It just shows you in today's time that we live in that there's no rules. You can be whatever you want to mm. be. I mean, you you guys are lock forwards and you've got a, like this funky, cool branded CBD cutting edge business, and I think it's it's awesome. So that's how I've come to know, and then obviously connected with Mike, who uh, who very proudly told me he went to Maritzburg College, which is the same <laughs> yeah. school that I went to. Yes. And um, I just want to I want to chat about your journey with George and how you guys started the CBD business. How did this all start? I mean, yeah, well, I sort of touched on there just where my injury started, but I, it was just it was you know I got, I got to Saracens and like you do go into any new club you want to impress, um, and I was really struggling with my knee at the time, uh, similar to a lot of swelling, uh, a lot of pain. Um, 
And I got here and I was like, right, I'm not gonna get there and just be injured. Like, I've gotta go and I've gotta like put my best foot forward. And Were um, you gonna be first choice? Were you signed no, as a first choice? No, I was, I was choice? never gonna be first choice. You know, you've got, you've got George, you've got Maro, um, got Will Skelton. Um, Pretty but, average player. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, at, at the time, it was just off the back of the Lions tour. Yeah. So uh, they were looking to rest Maro and George quite a bit. So I knew that I was going to get a front run of games in the season whilst those guys sort of got their, their bodies back together from obviously what is a very tough Lions series. Yeah. Um, so I was like, right, I've got to get through the first few months here uh, pre-season pre-season and then obviously the first few games and then it got to a point where the physios were like look like your your knees like grade 2 grade 3 swelling like every day like what's going on like we need to have a look at this so uh, it came December time and they were like right we need to operate we need to get this cartridge out we need to tidy it up a bit so that so they, they, they sent me in, had a bit of a clear out of my knee, uh, was doing my rehab and still swelling, um, a bit slow recovering. And at that time I was just online and I saw, like I was just reading about different recovery methods. Yeah. Like other than just icing 24 seven, I was like, right, what can I do here? Uh, and this article came up about CBD and how it just be legalized in sport. Uh, and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll give that a go, maybe I'll give it a go. And then I was walking through town and I walked past a vape shop and there was, <laughs> there was CBD in the, in the, in the, in the yeah. window. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to give it a go. Like, I don't smoke, I don't vape or anything, but I went in and I bought my vape pens and <laughs> I, I had this guy show me how to do everything. And um, I was, uh, you know, I gave, I gave it a go. And uh, lo and behold, like the first, the first week or so, the the swelling and other symptoms had like massively reduced. The physio was like, "All right, this is great." Like, he didn't know I was on CBD. He was just like, "This is great. Like, rehab's going really well." Another secret. <laughs> yeah. Another secret. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was obviously still a bit skeptical, so I, I stopped taking it. Um, and then I would start taking it again, and the swelling. Were you concerned about the testing factor? That was definitely on the, in the back of my mind, but I was I was in when you're injured and when you're struggling, you'll do anything. You're just in a bit of a different mindset yeah. where where you you'll try anything. You try anything. So, um, and that, that's essentially what led George and I to uh, sort of start the business. Was so the I'm test, assuming you and George are very close friends. Yeah. So and then a month later, George George had an operation his ankle. I mentioned it to George and. And he um, don't tell anyone. You can just yeah. we're going to be vaping in the car. <laughs> by this by this point, I'd moved on to oil. I found different methods of, of taking it. But uh, yeah, so George took it, and he had very good results. Like he helped him sleep. He, he thought it was great for his sleep, and obviously, good sleep is good recovery. Yeah, um, absolutely. So after that, obviously, we looked at the North American market and how things were going. I was always interested in it, and. Um, you know, it was obviously booming over there in North America and we sort of timed it perfectly. We was like, well, let's give this a go. Let's, let's, let's see where we can take it. And, you know, a year and a half, two years later, four or five CBD and- Brilliant. And this it's Great really story. well. And it's, it's really exciting business to be part of. You know, it's interesting to see how, how people, you know, our narrative, we create our own narrative for ourselves mm. that, you know, 
you know, CBD, it's gonna make you this, gonna make you that, it's gonna make you lethargic, you know, you're gonna be doped out. And now because people of influence are starting to use it, mm. like, you know, I explained to you, this is brand that I've used for a long time before I found your stuff, because they've got, they've got that kind of extreme enduro market, uh, rally drivers, and you know, now they're using it. So you think, oh, I'm gonna use it. Yeah, so, yeah. so the narrative of people it's becoming more acceptable yeah, and people realize the benefits from it. It's mm. just, I mean, if you're not on CBD and you've got injuries, you actually, you're just a fool. I mean, it's just like, it's so, it's so life changing from a pain point of view uh, to get ahead of your curve, you know, your pain curve and being stiff and feeling, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah. even, even if you've got anxiety, you know, it's mm. just, it's, it's like, it's such a powerful product, you know, however, very competitive. I mean, there's a lot of people in this space. I mean, you look at that guy, uh, Dan Bilzerian, he's got that mm. Ignite business. I mean, he's big into the vapes and, yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, that's, there's a lot of big players. So what is your strategy with your business as opposed to what the other, what's the rest of the market doing, what you guys are doing differently? Yeah, I think, you know, we very much trying to target the sort of niche uh, sports and active sector. Um, you know, we, from the start, we've always been about safety, uh, having the safest products, um, the traceability from seed to shelf needs to be needs to be there, uh, the test certificates, um, because essentially, we it's our careers on the line. Like, you know, we, we've spoken a little bit about drug tests and and being able to give athletes, not just professional athletes, but there's a lot of people who get drug tested in work, being yeah. able to give them a product that they can feel they can take safely is was a massive a massive thing for us and, and one thing that we focused on from the start. And it took us six months to get the relative testing. So we actually didn't give any of our products to professional athletes for six months until we'd had it tested for cross-contamination of banned substances uh, to make sure it's completely zero THC um, and we had to go to Los Angeles to do that we had to get a lab out there to test it because they're the only lab in the world that do it at the minute um, so once we'd done that then we felt comfortable that we could let professional athletes use our product or anyone who gets drug tested yeah so that that's sort of our that that's our our one product I think that is different to everyone else's because we're still the first and only product in the world to have yeah. that tested. Do you think there's a lot of stuff that's not regulated properly? Yeah, uh, yeah, massively. And we're massive advocates for regulation. There's a lot. There's a lot of people jumping into the market at the minute just to make a quick buck. And there's so, there's so much stuff in the papers these days just about you know people testing a bottle of CBD oil that says it's got a thousand milligram, but it's got like a hundred milligram or or they're using isolate which is illegal in the uk just because it's so much cheaper than full spectrum yeah. which is essentially going to be better for you or have better effects um you know these are things that need to be sorted out quickly because it's such a booming market and uh like i said people are just jumping in left right and center at the minute and the thing is you know what i what i like about the product i mean mike sent some i've been trying it this last week is what's different is your spray. And I think from someone who's used it for a long time, the frustration I've had with Bipet is that the dosage isn't right, air gets into it, you know, sometimes there can be some water that somehow gets into it. 
and I find that the spray, it's, it's, you know, I haven't seen in many others with a spray kind of solution. I think that's, you're getting the right dosage, it's cleaner, and it's more consistent. And I think that is something which you're doing differently to the rest of the market as well. Yeah, exactly. It was, um, no, we, we did start with the pets and we quickly moved on to spray heads. Uh, because of those problems? Exactly because of that. You know, you get an exact dosage when you do one spray, whereas with a pipette, you know, do you have half a dropper? Do you have a full dropper? Do you have a quarter of a dropper? Yeah. And how much is in each of those? You know, we state very clearly how much one spray is on our bottles and on our packaging. Um, but also because, you know, CBD is not a cheap product, if we're honest. Um, our cheapest product is 30 pounds. And for someone to invest in that, to sort of help them, sometimes they share a bottle. So when you're using the pipette, you're putting it like literally inside your mouth and then back into the bottle and that's just not hygienic if you're sharing no, it with someone. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we, we decided to move on to spray heads just for those exact reasons. Do you think as the market gets bigger and the more, you know, the kind of guys taking more market share, I mean, they, they, I mean this, I've looked, I've checked it out, they reckon it's going to be a billion dollar industry in the next mm. five years. Do you think that the prices will decrease? Because of the supply is going to be greater. Yeah, yeah. There's the, um, I, th I think the prices will decrease. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of hemp being grown at the minute throughout. You know, they're starting to grow in the UK, um, Ireland, um, all throughout Europe. Um, so yeah, prices, prices. So the products made it's a derivative from hemp. They, from hemp it goes yeah. through a concentration, and they then they derive the oils from the hemp. Yeah, from the hemp. Plant. Now tell me about the the creams are quite. You know, there's been big, big movement with the with the sprays and the and the and obviously the oils, but the cream seems to be getting traction as well now. Mm. I've never used the cream. Have you used it extensively? And the difference between using the cream and using the spray? Yeah, so 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 we have a balm. We're soon to release another balm as well. So our balm at the minute is essentially more for skin conditions. Okay, um, a lot of people would use it. Eczema burns. Uh, yeah, they found great results with uh, eczema, psoriasis, stuff like that. Um, but we're soon to release a muscle balm, which will be infused more with sort of menthol, just to sort of help recovery of the yeah. actual muscle. Um, but you're right, there's a massive market now moving towards moisturizers, you know, you can get and you can get CBD shampoo, body wash, bath bombs. I see that there's also drinks. Yeah, drinks. It's um, CBD infused drinks. Yeah, I mean, so, it's like yeah. So <laughs> we're um, you know we've got a product release uh, roadmap for the next six months uh, of some pretty exciting products, some some European, some possibly world first products. So great. Yeah. So we're uh, we're really excited about where we're going to be in the next six but months. But still focusing on that kind of. Yeah. All, all on brand. All all in the sort of safe and active sector. 100% safe. Um, yeah. So you know we're, we're really excited about that. How many of the players have you got onto CBD and yeah. Saracens? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Quite a few lads. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Good. We get uh, we get a lot of guys every every day. The lads are asking for it. So um, the only problem with athletes, they don't like to pay. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Freebies are everything. Tell Freebies me about everything. your friendship with George. Obviously, now you're in business together. You have played rugby together. Was it something that you guys started at Saracens and just you know just connected and became good friends? Or you know, talk talk to me about yeah. Your so with um, George? 
I'll tell you the first time, so obviously I played against George before, the first time I actually bumped into him was in, uh, we were in Croatia and he was there on holiday as well and he didn't say a word to me. So he blanked like, you? He blanked me, yeah. <laughs> Too big time, too big time. So uh, I got to Saracens and oh, it turns out George is a lovely guy, like he's a great guy. Um, and He's probably threatened from the Welsh boy coming out <laughs> to take a spot. <laughs> nah, so, uh, you know, we... we um, yeah. <coughs> we obviously spent a lot of time together being second rows, you know, similar position, forwards, whatever. Uh, we both had to have a beer every now and then, which is where everyone really connects. Uh, so, um, you know, we we actually have another business as well uh, called Haydart, which is uh, sort of an investment funds type building uh, business. So we help, we try to help lads sort of invest their money wisely for after rugby. Um, and then this was just something that we never expected would happen the the CBD thing it was just like you know two years ago if you just mentioned you'd be you you will be involved or you two will be involved you, you'd in the to industry, yeah, nah, nah, no, so so don't be fooled listeners these rugby boys these forwards are actually cleverer than you think <laughs> property magnets CBD entrepreneurs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah, no, so so look, we got on really well. I think that's key. And we, pro- we probably got two very different personalities. George is a bit more reserved, uh, whereas I'm a bit more gun ho I like to sort of maybe jump into things without thinking maybe sometimes. But, uh, you know, we bounce off quite well with each other, whereas George will hold me back and then when I need to be held back and I'll yeah. pull him forward when I think that we need, really need to do something. So, you know, it works pretty well and, and obviously George um, George is away and busy at the minute so I'm here to to sort of you know help push things forward even though you know he's you know you, you wouldn't have thought he's been preparing for a World Cup because he's on the phone every day asking oh, really? how things are going. <laughs> uh, like he, he, he's, he's massively into it and, and he you know I think since we started the business he's been playing his best rugby you know I think he's, he's kept his mind sort of or giving his mind something else to think about outside. Well, it's interesting you say that. So, so guys that I've I've coached, whether they're cricket, rugby, athletes, individuals, when they have a distraction of some sort, yeah, yeah. they're able to p- put more energy and focus into performing better at whatever discipline it is, because yeah. it's you know you get it's like a switch off. You know, you're able to not be so presently involved in it all the time. You've got a, a distraction, which yeah. and it's a very healthy thing. And I wish more. You know, rugby players would have other projects. Uh, it doesn't have to be business projects, but you know, even cricketers and other have something different to what they're doing from eight in the morning till seven at night mm. because it becomes too encompassing. Mm. And then you know, you start to hit some bad form, and then this whole vortex starts. It's a very healthy thing. It should be encouraged. And I think someone like Damien Hopper, who does the you know, he looks after the Rugby Players Association. I think he should be push. I think that should be pushing stuff like that mm. for rugby players to be involved in projects that, with limited time, because time's an issue. Traveling, I get all of that in the training, but because it's a distraction, it's a positive distraction. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's great that you guys, you and George, are doing something different towards the latter end of your career because when guys stop. From the music on to the music off, I've just seen car crashes. I mean, just the meltdowns are just, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's and it's uh, you know, you, and you get you know someone like who was my era, Daniel Vickerman, 
who I played rugby with and was a friend. You know, he, you know, people, the depression side of things when you stop playing rugby, mm. from the music being on to music being off, it's quite significant for players. It's quite sad to see some guys completely lose their way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, Saracens are particularly good, good at the, uh, they put a massive emphasis on players pushing players towards that side of things and preparation because the great thing about Saracens is it's such a great club people don't generally leave uh, I believe it's a wonderful club the guys yeah, want to stay yeah so the, everyone wants to stay and you know once, you, once you're in you know, a lot of guys will retire at Saracens so they're very good at helping you prepare for that and there's a whole system in place to do. I that. believe they've got a they've got like a crash for the kids. They've got yeah. it's it's amazing what, yeah, they, what yeah, they've yeah. done. Yeah, you know, they send all the all, all the wives and girlfriends get together, go for coffees, and they send them all off shopping together. And oh, so it's such a great place to be. With your credit cards or with the card? Uh, with a credit card, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is it still owned South African owned? Is is Hunter uh, Rupert uh, still majority shareholder? I don't think so. No, so Nigel Ray is is the the, the main guy man there now. Yeah, but he pushes things along, and, and and he 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 would do anything for the club and the players as well. Yeah, is, you see that that sense of community is important because, I mean, you've you've played a lot of rugby, a lot of different clubs, and you can see how you can be one, you can be in one minute and out the second minute. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just. Uh, and that's players get pushed back too soon. They have to, you know, come back from injuries too soon. And that's when problems start. Mm. Um, and it's nice to see that the Saracens have got like a, a real community. Mm. And, you know, I know Warwick Lang and I know he's, he's the manager. And, you know, the, you just see him when you interact with him. The excitement he has for the mm. club. I mean, the guys love it there. Mm. I mean, even Sculpt, they loved it there. Mm. You know, they, they, they really feel passionate about the club. So that's great. So tell me... This move to America obviously coincides with the start of your CBD business. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually so they actually sold it to me a little bit like that. They said we think this will be a great place for you to uh, to expand the business. So well, uh, yeah, better. So we see how it goes. It, it, in terms of the market, it's a lot more mature over there than it is here. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of brands will be you know pretty well placed out there. So. There's a there's a, there's a, there's a lot of work for us to do here first. You know, I think Europe would probably be where we would look to expand to first, um, rather than taking it straight across the pond. Um, I don't think it's all just bright lights and happiness yeah. over there. I you think, need big uh, budgets. It's about budgets. advertising yeah. the right people, paying yeah. people to use your product. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we're growing very nicely here, and we're we're comfortable with the speed we're growing and how things are happening. So um, we're, we're talking to a couple of. Um, Distributors in Ireland and Portugal, and we're looking to maybe go to South Africa as well. Great. Yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting. The South African market, they are not educated on CBD. Mm. It's like you know Holland and Barrett. They do you know they do the CBD product. But it's five percent, and it's yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. It, it's the, the consumer there is not educated yeah, on it. Yeah. I um, mean, that, that's that's an issue everywhere. I think. Yeah. Like it's easy, and sometimes I do lose sight of that. Um, that people don't understand. That people like I've still I've still got to convince my dad that it's a good thing. Have you got him on it? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I know that once I get him on it, I would have. I would. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. But uh, 
you know, education is such a massive thing for us personally as a company as well because the more people know about it and I think the key thing is knowing what it's not as well uh, that the more people will be willing to try it definitely so. how are you going to manage being away from your family you're, 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 I'm assuming your family's still in Wales no 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 your oh dad, right yeah, dad, yeah, sorry, your, yeah, yeah how are yeah. you going to manage that it's going to be difficult being mm. on the other side of the world yeah well um and the bright lights. Believe it or not, England's England's too far for my, for my dad to travel. Like, uh, <laughs> really? No, it's uh, well. Look, he's, he's he's sort of used to me gallivanting around the world. So um, there there's short seasons in America. So it's six months and then six months off. So I'll be able to Amazing. come back. Yeah. So. And do you, do you, and the, the 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 club that you're going to, you got some English guys there, some Welsh players. Yeah, so they just signed uh, Stefan Armitage, also the number eight uh, from Lyon, I think he was out. He had been there too long. Um, there's a couple of South Africans, Joe Peterson. Yeah. Um, a couple of as well. I forget their names. But uh, yeah, there's 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 a good group of foreigners and. Do you think there's players. been a big investment in in rugby there? Um, I think that it will grow massively in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, the budgets are not big, are they? Um, the deals as a whole are nice because they take your family and give you a house, good lifestyle. Good lifestyle. Yeah. And San Diego is probably one of the best places to sell it. I think. Um, New York's obviously also a beautiful place to live, um, but well, I know Gary Gold's there. Yeah, I know yeah. Gary. So Gary's coach. He's yeah. my first coach at Bath. Yeah. yeah. So Gary, he uh, Gary's got an interesting story. So he was involved in corporate clothing to start. I don't know if you remember this brand called Kappa. Yeah. yeah. It's like an Italian brand. Yeah. He was involved in Kappa, and then I mean, a passionate rugby guy. I mean, he was like yeah, he loved yeah, yeah. rugby. And he coached at a, t- a place called Villagers in Cape Town, which is a which is a renowned club. You know, hundred and something years old, a lot of tradition. A lot of Springboks have played there. Great club. And he coached at Villagers. He was a player at Villagers and played Hamilton's. If Gary's listening. I might make some mistakes here, but just. Uh, <laughs> and then he got into he got into like he was so uh, you know what Gary's like. He's like detail, 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 and stats. Yeah. And, and then he got into coaching, and then he got. He got like one break and then another break and it's just like his whole career and it's been interesting to see coming from South Africa from coaching club rugby to then premiership to like now he's you know even South Africa he was involved in South African mix yeah. and now he's in America yeah um, it's, it's just and I know Gary quite well and it's interesting to see how he's and you know, from all accounts, it looks like he's enjoying it. Yeah. And I think you've got that in, in that kind of environment, you can express yourself who you want to be as a coach and also as a player. Whereas in the UK and South Africa, you've got to obviously fit a certain mold. Mm. You know. So, uh, and he where, where he's he just coaching the national team, all right? Yes. Yes. So he's not he's not involved in the club level. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would pop drop his head in and make sure everyone's everyone's you know on the same page. But um, yeah, no, I remember Gary at Bath. He was great guy, great guy. Yeah, and, good uh, guy. Uh, I got him really well at Marshy. Was he your man? Was he your coach the whole time you were at Bath? No, no. So he was there the first two years and then um, left, and a few things happened. As 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 things do with rugby clubs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
Yeah, but the first couple of years you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And tell me something, your, I see there's a huge movement with, even with like, even with razors, like you look at Harry's and Gillette's and the subscription business yeah, is becoming like, I think because the consumer's educated and the consumer doesn't want to fuss. You know, you sign up, it's sent, you know, every yeah. month it just yeah. gets sent. Is that like a big focus for you, the subscription business? Um, it's something that has worked a lot better than we were expecting, I think. Uh, it's it's something that we spoke about right at the beginning. We managed to put in place about five months in and since then our sales have increased quite considerably. Considerably. Would you say the majority of our sales are subscription business? No, no, certainly not at the minute. Um, obviously we offer um, you know you can cancel any time so you do get a lot of people just signing up and yeah. canceling straight away which is which is fine but um you know, a lot of people i would hope that those people who cancel straight away would come back once they see how good the product is yes um but yeah no the subscription model is uh obviously looking at people like harry's um and how, well, how well they've done yeah it's didn't they sell flat Extortion numbers. They sell the business. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple of hundred or something, something ridiculous. Yeah. I, want say, <laughs> I want to say a billion. <laughs> Get me excited. <laughs> because it's because it, people people want ease. They don't want it like mission. And and also living in the UK, I'm, I mean I haven't been here for a long time, but it costs money to move around. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. you go to the shop, you're gonna you know park in, get something, get yeah, your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy that it gets straight to you. But the downside is the kind of cost of getting that product to the consumer. Obviously, must be quite costly. And you you know the systems you got to have in place mm. for the subscription business must be quite difficult to manage. Yeah, it's you know obviously we've got a couple of hard work in South Africans here so of course. it's very easy of course <laughs> <laughs> do they do the deliveries as well <laughs> yeah. but, but um, no we, we, we'll probably go into to outsource our fulfilment soon um, to deal with that with that issue yeah. but at the minute we're we're just in that sort of sweet spot where we can deal with it in house you can handle it yourself yeah yeah but, I um, see there's, there's businesses that have started on this premise of these kind of subscription business you know, um, so, so, you know, I was telling you, I've been in the gym business and I'm a lifestyle coach. And so I had a short period of time where I had a business called Smiley's. So, I mean, you're going to laugh at me when I tell you this. So, you know, you get Rizzler, the yeah, yeah. rolling papers. So a friend of mine was a big, you know, tobacco and with some other stuff in there as well. And he was constantly tearing up the box of the Rizzler. And I was like, Glenn, why are you like, I mean, like you shouldn't be tearing up the box, mate. You should like have like a filter or something. He said, no, we tear, you know, he uses the cardboard of the box for this filter. And I thought, no, there must be a solution to this. And so we got a long story. We called it smileys and we got these perforated filters designed on the inside flap. So you yeah, take your piece yeah, of paper, okay, yeah, open yeah, yeah. it and, and then pull it off and then, and you know, roll it up. And we ran that business for like 18 months. It was very exciting every month in Hong Kong and going to the factories. And But it was to get the product to the consumer, it was like so expensive. It was like just like from one point to the next point, your margin just got completely sucked up. Yeah. I mean, we ultimately got, you know, we got bought out by a big company but because we had this patent. But I think that's your challenge is, that, is the kind of... Uh, 
you know, these kind of guys that are distribution houses, they take their cuts, then the wholesaler takes their cut, then it's got a retail. Mm. And now they're these businesses that are formed where on the subscription basis, where they're basically like a logistics business for distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the cost must be quite high. It must eat into the margin because it's, you know, it's expensive to get a product to somebody. Yeah. No, it's, that's it, a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something you've just got, we've had to cost in and factor in. But uh, just, just like you mentioned, there's so many hidden, uh, you know, we, we were new to starting a business. Yeah. Like from scratch. And, it was so much harder than we ever expected. <laughs> I can, the, like you said, the hidden costs in terms of you know, margins getting eaten up here and there um, and sort of trying to balance all that and, and go to other people and get different costs and then you know, tell people you're leaving them and going somewhere else. It's, 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 not, it's not easy and, and people... So, I mean, a lot of people, for starters, think that myself and George just front the business, particularly George. They don't think we actually have anything to do with it. Now, these, these guys, I mean, Dom's hardened, yeah. He's hardened, he's actually putting the stickers on the bottles, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's been... Um, get, we're, we're still working a few things out, and uh, look, we're still a young business. We only launched on the first journey. We're, we're sort of 10 months into it, so... Um, our costs are still sort of leveling themselves, leveling themselves out at the minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I like to think I'm a bit of a brand aficionado. Like I, you know, I, and I think your brand, your logo, the way it looks, it's all on point. You know, <laughs> got these these clowns in the other office trying to make us laugh, but your branding is on point. It's like it's clear, it's crisp. There's a nice story behind it. So. Was that you or was that George or was it an external person that helped you with the branding? <laughs> He's waving at us. He's waving at us. Yeah, so uh, George is good friends with Tyler, who's our, our head designer. Um, it was funny. So, so, so naming the business was probably one of the hardest things you had to do. Yeah. Um, we, we had a whole host of names and we'd go back and forth and... What were some of the names that you came up so, with? So the, the initial one was Flow, Flow CBD, and uh, it didn't mean anything. Like, it didn't mean anything. Guys, that's, that's, just a, that's just a second row trying to get into this Flow in the bank account. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, but every time we came up with something we liked, we, we, would, we would Google it, and an American brand would, 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 would have it. Or, yeah, it would be yeah. gone already. Um, so we're like, right, let's just write down our three favorite, favorite names, and we both wrote down four or five. So that and then that was just it. Brilliant. So we went with that, and then uh, we got in touch with with Tyler, designer, and he, um, you know, he's done a great job, and, and no, he's, it's, he's he's it's really good. He's full on, um, you know, doing our packaging, our labeling, and, and sort of designing the whole look of our social media and everything. So he's doing a great job. I mean, listen, I received, and I'm an attention to detail guy, and I, and I know the effort it takes to have attention to detail in a new business. And, you know, the packaging arrived, yellow envelope, beautiful. Never seen something like that before. And I've ordered stuff overseas and other brands. Don't get that, number one. That's the first thing I saw. I was like, mm. Jesus, like, this is like, you know, this is special. Open it, the box was a beautiful quality. The bottles are not, you know, they, they, you know, what are they? They like, uh, they're not plastic, but they really, it's a good, it's mm. quality stuff that you're using. And, you know, just the feel of the product, the look of it, 
10 out of 10, Dom, for your branding and your execution, the way your product looks. It's really, it's professional and it looks like you guys have been around for like 20 years, not just two years, you know? So keep it up. It's really good what you're doing. And your website is slick. The ordering on it, the story pops up with you and George post a Saracen game, which you've obviously won or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But really, 100% effort for you and full marks for your branding and your your flow of your product. It's like, it's top notch. Thanks, mate, yeah. So tell me, is the wife involved in the business? She's not involved in business, no, not directly. She she'll give me some pointers every now and then. Okay. Uh, when she thinks we're doing something wrong, um, but she she um, she uses the products. Yeah, she she loves the products. She's a believer in it as well. So. And how? So she's Irish, you Welsh. How did you guys meet? Um, so Nadia's best friend is uh, Peter Stringer. You know Peter Stringer, the scrum half. Yes. Who his wife is Nadia's best friend and we played together at Bath. Okay. So uh, I gave Strings a little nudge. I was like, oh. <laughs> Send me the number. Sold me out, mate. <laughs> Is he still playing rugby? No, no, he's, uh, he's, no, he's like 60 now, I think. So. Okay. <laughs> no, he's retired now. So she lived in Bath? She no, she, she she lived in London, but she would come down to Bath to see Debbie and Peter. And you put on a show, off the yeah. bench or starting? No, oh, probably starting. <laughs> <laughs> And how long have you been married for? Uh, oh, new, newly married. Uh, I should know this, but about four months, three, four Amazing, months. Amazing, man. And plans to have more kids? Um, oh, one's, one's enough at the minute, mate. Listen, I'm, I've got three. And my son's name's Dominic. And you know what the Dominic means, by the way? It's the name. Go on. It means son of the great. Oh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's why I call my son Dominic. So... I've got three kids. I yeah. mean, I love them to death, and but three is three's a handful. Yeah. But uh, my advice to you is have two because you can't keep well, three yeah, people happy. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. the plan. We'll see. We'll see. But Dom, thanks for your time, uh, guys listening. Get involved CBD. Use four five CBD. If you want a discount, there's a code you can put in Simon fifteen, and you get a fifteen percent discount. Amazing product. Amazing to chat to you, Dom. Thanks for your time. Best of luck in America. And uh, I want to see big things for 4.5 CBD in America. Yes, thank you so much. Cheers for now. Cheers,